0: What's going on? This is Jayless from Nick of Time Show. Here giving you that Nick's talk just in the nick of time. And it's time to give you that Nick's talk, ladies and gentlemen. We've only been away for a week, but there's a lot of Nick's talk to go around. First and foremost, Mr. Reliable, the man, the myth, the legend, the guy with the stats and the facts.
1: Ryan G in the building.
0: Damn, Ryan in this building. All right. <laughs> also joining us today, Mr. Howard, Harold himself got so hot. Alan Hahn had to interview him because his videos is <laughs> just that nice. He's invited to the table with us Knicks fans, even though he's a Chicago fan. He's cool with me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I on New Yorker though. Lifelong New Yorker though. Life known New Yorker. <laughs> Life New Yorker. Thanks all, for having me, man. <laughs> yeah, all around yeah.
0: tool, dude, Corey. They, uh, welcome, Corey. Welcome, man. <laughs> All right now. Thanks, so, man.
2: Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yo, what was it like having Alan Han hit you he was like, yo, come to the show?
2: That had to be crazy. Yeah, man. It was, it was uh, it was kind of surreal because you know, I felt like he uh he kind of or I was kind of on his radar a little bit because around like April, I think at like the beginning of the pandemic, um, mm-hmm. Steve Popper from Newsday did like a feature on me in Newsday. And that was crazy. Uh, I didn't even think, I didn't think it was going to be in the paper or anything. Like I thought it was just going to be this online thing and it was in the paper and it got posted around and there was, you know, after it got posted, like I didn't realize how big I think Newsday actually was still. <laughs> um, Cause I thought print was dead and all that, but Alan Han, a couple other people had started like following me on Twitter. I was like, oh, wow, that's kind of, that's kind of dope. That's and good. then um, I woke up like, I don't know, a couple, couple weeks ago I woke up and uh, I had a DM from Alan Hahn saying like, um, let's do a zoom interview talking about these draft prospects. And I was like, Woo. I had to do a double take. Cause it was early in the morning. I was, you know, I was like, that's, really? that, that's not Alan. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, oh, so I hit him back quick. I was like, I was like, let's do it. Let me know when. Um, and then as the week went on or whatever, and I've, I've dealt with this before cause, um, on the low, I've been, you know, doing a little, little bit of stuff for, for ESPN, um, over the course of this draft uh, okay, okay. process. And, and, and he told me, he was like, look, you know, I, I got to try to figure this out. We'll try to get you in, but ESPN might make me use their guys. And I was mm. like, all right, like, yeah, I figured, I, I figured. Right. And then, um, I was like, cool, you know, keep me, keep me in the loop. Let me know. And then again, he hit me up bright and early in the morning. Like a couple of days later, he's like, "You down to do it today at about two o'clock?" I was like, "Put it down, mark it in the books. I'm good. Let's do it." And uh, he's a really good dude, man. Like he was very down to earth. Like I'm very appreciative that uh, you know he did that. He didn't have to do that. You know, he he's got the ESPN, he's got the MSG bag. Nice. He could have pretty got pretty much anybody he wanted. But you know, if there's one thing I've realized about most of you know, the New York media and like this Knicks, you know, even from, from big to small, like it's a a really tight knit community. Everybody kind of looks out for each other. Um, and I think it's dope, man. Cause, um, you know, I don't, I think that in an industry like this it could get really competitive and everybody could be looking out for each other, but there's so much room for everybody on the internet to, to win that. Like the fact that everybody is, you know, lending, um, and doing uh, cross platform stuff, you know, it's, uh, it's dope because it, it doesn't have to be that way. So I, I was very appreciative. Um, I was, you know, I didn't want to mess up. I, I needed to be on my game, you know, I I you. going back and watching my own videos again, trying to do some research, but, but it was cool. So yeah, it was, uh, it was an experience for sure.
0: Nah, I definitely you did a great job, man. You nailed it for sure. So definitely, yeah, definitely check it. out Corey on his YouTube channel, yo, You plug your, plug your joint real quick.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's Hardwood Herald. Um, you know what's funny? Uh, I really I really should have uh, chosen a different name because everybody thinks that my name is Harold for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) And I was trying to do like an like an old timey like newspaper thing, you know, like the Boston Herald and all that. I was like, I was like, Hardwood Herald. There's some alliteration. That's kind of cool. And then now everybody thinks that my name is Harold. And I was like, damn.
0: (laughs) 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 There's only one thing to do now is just legally change your name. That's it. That's yeah. it.
2: That's <laughs> it. <laughs> but yeah, hardwood. Uh, hardwood Herald. Um, you know, I've got all the uh, the draft stuff there. So if you want to look at um, you know an in depth Ob Toppin breakdown,
0: um, mm-hmm. that's the yeah, uh, that's the place to go. Exactly, and we'll be getting to Ob Toppin. Trust me, we're gonna be getting to everything, man. A lot of news. A lot. A lot. A lot. A lot. before we get into the Ob stuff, let's get into the things. That we've missed in this free agency because there's been a lot of oh let's get that oh wait, oh no, that passed the spot. Oh, what about uh, oh no he signed. There's been a lot of that happening. <laughs> like the Knicks, <laughs> the Knicks have been after Justin Holiday uh uh Fred Van Fleet, Bogdanovich, Jeff T, even her remnants of Carmel Anthony might come to the Knicks. We didn't get any of those guys. <laughs> Yeah, crazy, right?
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> no homecoming. But the thing that seemed like we were the closest to getting, even though it might not have been that close, was the Gordon Hayward. Right? We, we lose out to Gordon Hayward. Uh, Gordon Hayward go, wants to go to the Indiana Pacers. He ends up signing with the Charlotte Hornets. Four years, hundred and twenty million dollars. What do you guys think of that deal? Do you feel bad that the Knicks missed out on it, Ryan and 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 Corey? I know Corey doesn't feel bad about it. <laughs> well,
1: with Gordon Hayward, um, I kind of have mixed feelings about it because, you know, the coaching staff, the front office, they were preaching. When, you know, they're not trying to, you know, like wait and like trust the process or whatever the case may be, you know, they're trying to win now. And I feel like Gordon Hayward would have been a step in the right direction because even though Gordon Hayward was not a superstar player, you know, he's a very good player who could, who could possibly drop like 20 points a game for you and he provides better leadership that the team desperately misses. But the thing is, is that now with, you know, with the whole Hornets signing him the three years... I mean, four years, 120 mil, you know, you could that means you're committing four years, 30 plus mil to a player that's yeah, over 30 man. years old. And, and you know, he was Hayward, coming off a major injury as well. So he's not really the same player he was before the injury. So from that standpoint, I'm like, I think the Knicks may have dodged a bullet because I don't think I would have been comfortable with the Knicks giving him four years, 120 million just to make the team relevant again. And then on top of that, he's not a superstar player that's going to really put the Knicks over the top like that. Mm. So, if, if if it was a reasonable contract, like, say, for example, you know, we gave him, like, maybe two years, option four, third, and yeah. then, like, you know, like, around maybe 90 mil or so, I would be like, okay, you know, like, I could live with that, but to, or to offer him the four years, 120 mil? Nah, so I'm like, it is what it is, to me, anyway.
0: Nah, I I agree with you, man. Corey, how do you feel about that deal as well? I
2: I, as soon as I saw it, I was like, that can't be right. Like not <laughs> Gordon Hayward. You know, I mean, Like, you know, I know like the and Fox got like his max extension. I was like, Oh, mm. maybe Woe's messed up? What it, it is tweets. And this is somebody else. <laughs> Four years, 120 million for Gordon Hayward is insane. Yeah. It's insane. There's, it's the only way to say it. this dude hasn't been consistently healthy literally since he was in Utah, you know, his whole Celtics tenure was riddled by injury right. and you can make the argument that he looked really good. Maybe was a borderline all-star before he got hurt again this year, but then he got hurt again and borderline all-star is not all-star, right? right. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? So if I'm paying $30 million a year for four years for a guy that like um, you mentioned was, he's going to be in his m- mid thirties by the time the contract is, is at its end. I mean, that's crazy. And then I look at some of the other contracts, like I'd rather give Gallinari three sixty one that he got from the Hawks. If you had to bump it up a little bit, like I'd have rather gotten him and paid that money than spend, you know, the extra year and the extra money on Gordon Hayward. Like I know that for the Knicks, Gallinari is not the cleanest fit. Now right. that you got, um, OB cause he's more of a four at this point of his career, but even still, just from like a value standpoint, I mean, I'd have rather thrown money at Joe Harris. Um, mm, yeah, you know, like there's a lot of guys that I would have rather thrown money at than than Hayward for the money he got. I thought Hayward was going to be like 480, like that's what I thought he was looking at. Mm-hmm. So to add another 40 mil on top of it, I think it's absurd. Now I guess you can make the argument like who else is Charlotte going to get with that money, and um, like are they at the point? of their rebuild where they're going to be adding another piece anyway. So maybe, you know, I could see the argument from Charlotte a little bit, a little yeah. bit, but it's a crazy overpay. And if he continues to be injury uh, riddled, like that's an unmovable contract going forward. So I, I think it's, I think it's the craziest deal of, of the offseason. season. And, and I know that the NBA owners are not struggling when they're throwing money around like this.
3: No, no, True I that. Mean, Jordan <laughs> got it. Right, right. Jordan got it. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> the thing is, too, is like,
0: this is a harness thing to do. Let's be real. Cause do you know what they had to do to sign him? They had to stretch Niggas Batum who was on their books, and he pretty much replicated the exact same mistake they did a few years ago with Gordon Hayward. <laughs> it's like, what's the definition of insanity? What (laughs) is
1: doing the same thing
0: over Over and over again,
1: expecting a different result. Exactly.
0: So, I (laughs) I give the Knicks credit. I give the Knicks credit for not doing the same thing over and over again. Like, listen, the thing about Leon Rose is, right, Leon Rose is what? He was an agent. So, I feel like if anybody knows how much players are worth, it's going to be a former agent. So, I don't think he's really going to overpay really especially considering we're in the new york market it's like we all know though we're going to have to overpay a little bit to get somebody that's just nice the beast when you're not a good team and that's why we lost out on a lot of these free agents but i mean as soon as we get good again hopefully we will that will start to change and we'll be able to get some free agents in here at a reasonable price something like what's happening over there in Legoland.
1: You know? Yeah, pretty
0: much. <laughs> <laughs> but I get what you're saying. Kudos to, to Leon, those guys, because I feel like they didn't do the next thing. They they wanted to offer him two years. They ended up offering him three. And they still to their guns. We lost that on Gordon Hayward. It is what it is. Case sera, sera. But um, Corey also brought on something else. you rather pay Joe Harris, right? Because we lost that on all the shooters, too. But like it's funny the overpays this year is kind of crazy because maybe the the price tag of shooters have gone up. Yeah. Because I feel like a few years ago shoe, shooters were worth around 15 million, right? But I feel like it's going up now to to 18 to 20. Yeah.
2: Cuz if you look at all yeah, the deals. Sure. Go ahead. I mean, Davis Bertans, five years, 80 million. I mean, uh, I guess that's more around that price, but yeah, the, the price of shooting shooting has never been more valuable to, to teams and, and guys like that, you could plug and play anywhere. So, exactly. it, I mean, at the end of the day, at least they could be moved. You would think, right. Because any, every team is looking for a shooter in some capacity, but yeah, man, the price as, as teams start shooting threes more and more, like the price is going to go up. Right. And you got guys like, I guarantee Philly uh, and Daryl Morey are going to be trading. They don't care what the price of the contract is. They think they can move whatever, right? So, like, exactly. Joe, a guy like Joe Harris became available at that price, they take it.
0: Absolutely, you know that you're yeah. always going to have that. I, I personally wanted to stick it to Joe Harris in, the, in the Nets and just offer him something crazy just to see the sweat. <laughs> it's like, yeah, pay that luxury tax. Go ahead, try it. <laughs> Here's twenty five mil. Just, just, just to be petty. I know I know, it's not worth that. I just want to be petty. That's fine, though.
3: <laughs>
0: but moving on, moving on to some more Knicks news for your head top. Listen, sneaky good signing for the New York Knicks that went under the radar, even my radar until I really dug into it, was the, the Alec Burke sighting, man. Yeah. Alec Burke, journeyman. Been around league for 10 so years. Had a career high, average 16 points a game, career high than Golden State Warriors. Knicks needed a three-point shooter. They end up signing Alec Burke for a one-year deal, 5 mil. Tell me what you think about the Alec Burke signing. Did, how'd you feel about it now versus the time it happened?
1: Go, well, ahead. Go ahead, Ryan. <laughs> I'll put it like this: like when it first happened, I was kind of underwhelmed because I was like, I see all these players that I was targeting, you know, that we that we were targeting you know, before free free agency happening, then we just saw like one and one like one by one, they just started to come off the board and stuff. So mm-hmm. I was kind of under so I was like looking at it at first and I was kind of underwhelmed, but then when I actually looked into it, like you and I saw one year, five million. Six million I'm sorry. Lat- <laughs> yeah, last year. Last season he was with Golden State. He averaged yeah career high sixteen point one points per game. But what I really liked about Alec Burke's stats was that like when he went when he got traded to Philly now, and he was surrounded with people that you know better players. Like his his stats his scoring stats may have went down a bit, which is understandable when you're playing with other players who are you know who are better than your previous team. But at the same time, like his efficiency went up because I think with Golden State he shot under forty percent from three. Then with mm-hmm. Philly he shot over forty percent from three. And also his like overall shooting was better and everything like that. Like he was a more efficient player. So I I get you too. Go ahead. Yeah. So I mean, Knicks needs shooting. He provides that. So that's a positive. And I feel like like I don't know if he's going to start or come off the bench. I mean, depending on how Thibodeau, you know, you know, does his lineups or whatnot. But I feel like He's going to be a good player that can give the Knicks, you know, a solid like 13 to 16 points a game. Absolutely. And you know what? When you listen to like the Golden
0: State fans, because I did some digging and listen to like a Golden State podcast, listen to some some 76ers podcast. All of them kind of said the same thing. They were surprised that he was playing well for them. They thought they was getting something he got there and he ended up doing more than what they thought he was going to do. He kind of overperformed wherever he we go- went. Even with Golden State, when you say, you know, his percentages were down, but it seems like he had to step into the role and play a bigger role than usual. Yeah, that exactly. And it felt like he rose to the occasion. Um, did you want to add anything
2: to that, Corey? Yeah, I think it's a like fantastic signing. I mean, his issue was never that he couldn't play right. When he, when he was mm-hmm. a younger player, like he couldn't stay healthy. And and that's what it was. He always had talent. Like he was a guy that um, the jazz kind of valued a little bit for a while um, that they didn't want to give up as, as he was a younger player. So, mm-hmm. you know, his, his, uh, his thing was never that he couldn't play and to get him one for a one year, $6 million deal. Mm-hmm. Like the value there is fantastic. Especially oh, when yeah. you see some of the other, like, Kind of contracts that have been handed out, and what I like is that I think you could trust it. Like that, if this happened a few years ago, this could I would look at this and be like, okay, he's trying to get his Aaron follow contract, right? You know, he's going to come in and just try <laughs> to get buckets, try to average twenty, and he'll be out in a year, and you know, uh, some small market team will give him a bag, and and that's it. But with the infrastructure the Knicks have set up, you know, he's a guy that now becomes a really valuable asset because. Mm-hmm if you if you ask me he won't make it to the end of the season with the the knicks but i know that there are going to be contenders out there who are looking for depth looking for some you know uh, an injury replacement whatever it is and uh, a six million dollar deal is easy money to move that's easy money so to me you know he's a guy that you could turn into a future asset and hey if he if he you know figures to be a part of uh you know, the next few years for the Knicks because he played well and, you know, drew chemistry or whatever, then that's great too. But Thibodeau not going to let him just come in and and do his own thing. You know, and he'll, he'll come in and play team ball and, and play the way that the Knicks want to play. And I think he's going to look great. And at the end of the day, he's a, he's a valuable asset at that contract. So I, I thought it was a home run signing. It might not be like a sexy signing, right? Like, you know, it's, it's yeah. not the Fred Van Bleet yes. that everybody wanted, but you know, it's one of those things where, you're going to get an asset out of it, in my opinion. And it's not like Marcus Morris, where Marcus Morris came in. He was like, I'm just getting, I'm going to get buckets. And then, you know, the Knicks actually did a great job flipping him into a first round pick. So I think it could be the same kind of thing that happens. might be a little harder because people value this draft a little more than they did this past one. But, Mm -hmm. you know, either way, I thought, I thought it was great. I thought it was a not sexy, but really, really solid.
0: No, absolutely. The Marcus Morris comparison is definitely a, a good thing to keep in mind, how we flits at him at the deadline. Because you always – everybody needs these guys who can score. You know, everybody does, so everybody can use that. And what I like that was sneaky good about this signing is that he can do a little bit more than sc- score just a little bit. Like, he gives you just enough, like, secondary – Creation from that wing spot If you choose to play him as a wing That It can make the second unit kind of passable Or any unit passable Where you know We're we're lacking a point guard Because when you dig into the clean glass stats He's in the 86 percentile From wing assists when he was in the Golden State Um And Also when he was playing with um, The 76ers He was playing some point guard he was playing some point guard. So he can play point guard in the pinch and he can throw some lobs to Mitch and he can throw some lobs to um, Norland as well that we can talk about later. Now, he's not like a point guard in a sense where he's going to set up an offense, see the plays, five plays before it happens. But he's just such a scoring threat that when he goes to the hole, defense collapse, he can make the simple pass to the cutter and make a little bit things easier f- for uh, the Knicks and his team who might be lacking some point guard depth at least as of today, because we have not signed anybody else but Elf Payton. <laughs> 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 but even digging more, digging in more to his stats, sixty-nine percent as an ISO score, like seventy-eight percent as a post score, uh, thirty-eight percent down on catch and shoot. Analytics Twitter should love this guy, all right. Analytics Twitter hates Obi Toppin, but they should love this guy.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: like seriously man analytics twitter needs to take a seat
3: <laughs> <laughs> please
2: please advanced stats twitter they, they need they need to take a seat man they, they definitely do man. advanced stats twitter i i went on a rant uh, a few months ago about advanced stats twitter because like i mean and it's it's I test Twitter, too. It's both. Like, I, Advanced Stats Twitter and iStats Twitter, like, they both bug me. Like, there has to be a middle ground, and they both take it to such an extreme. Yes. and And sometimes I just want to, like, I want to just throw Smack my TV over. or my computer screen, my phone, whatever. It's like, ah, I can't. Because like, they're not rational people no, that you know all times. sometimes. Like, <laughs> they don't believe one. Like, you know what I figured it <laughs> out? You know what I figured out, Corey?
0: Twitter is Advanced Stats. Instagram... Is eye test so rarely do those two agree? If you go, Ooh. if you live in the Instagram world
2: and you talk about <laughs> Enos Cantor,
0: Enos Cantor is a god when he was on the Knicks. If you go to advanced stats Twitter, talk about Enos Cantor, he's the worst NBA player to ever walk the face of the earth. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, what's TikTok? What's t- what's the TikTok version? What's TikTok? <laughs> where, where do we go to find <laughs> that's that's the Yo in Twitter.
1: Oh, Theo Pinson, oh damn! Oh, we got ourselves a, prof- a professional cheerleader on the Knicks right now. Yeah. Yes.
0: Shout out, to, shout out,
1: Theo Pinson, I
0: call him the dancer right there, who um, signed a two-way deal to the Knicks. There's been a rumor going around that that Miles, that Miles Powell is is uh, has been cut from the Knicks for Theo Pinson. No, that's, that's not true. Miles is he has a 10-day, I mean, Exhibit 10 contract. He has not been cut from the Knicks. Just to clear that up. PSA. All right. <laughs> all right, cool. No, but <laughs> just to circle back to, to Alec Burke for a minute, just to finish it off. There's one re- other reason why I feel like I like this signing. And I kind of like this signing because of RJ Barrett, man. Like, I feel like RJ can kind of learn something. From the way he plays, like the way he runs, pick and roll, the way he he's a post scorer. You know, you know RJ is a post scorer as well, but he hasn't really been utilizing it over here as of yet. But Tom Thibodeau, he does like to have people playing the post. And Alec is a shooting guard who likes playing the post. And it's kind of a lost art for guards, but we happen to have two shooting guards in the NBA who like to post. And I kind of feel like this might be, in a weird way, a good mentor for RJ Barrett, since there's certain s- skill sets that kind of overlap that he can learn from firsthand and up close personal. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. So, yeah, that's my two cents. My two cents on Alec Burke. And hopefully we get Bubble Burke back, too, because Bubble Burke was crazy. <laughs> 100% <laughs> corner threes. Did you see how he went off in the, in the bubble, man? 100% yeah. in corner threes? Come
2: on, man. Is
0: that it real? 100%? Well. Yeah, yo, yes. <laughs> Check it out. Clean the glass. He shot 100% from the corner three on cleaning the glass. Check that out right now, man. When he was in, in, in the 76ers. Uniform. That's pretty good.
2: Pretty efficient. Yeah. I'll take it.
0: You yeah, heard I'd that, Tom that. Thibodeau? He hasn't, he hasn't shot like that <laughs> on his whole career, except for when he went to the 76ers for that little 76ers stand. It's crazy. It's crazy. I love it. <laughs>
2: That's what's up. Tibbs yeah. will give him a shot. He 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 let Keith Fogan stay on the floor shooting the corner three. So you know he'll let, Burks, he'll let Alec Burks shoot him.
0: Oh, you know this, man. You know Tibbs loves some veterans for sure. That's happening for sure. 100%. Word. <laughs> but, yo, moving on to another good Knicks signing that everybody agrees with. This is a signing where it's almost like too good to be true because I haven't seen anybody complain on Twitter or Instagram, and that is rare. <laughs> that never happens. Nerland well. <laughs> <Noel laughs> signs for the New York Knicks one year, $5 million. What do you think about that signing? Go ahead, Corey. I'll let you
2: go first. I think it's great. Uh, again, it's one, another one of these one year, $5 million deals with a guy who played on a good team, um, last year. So, you know, that he could fit in on any kind of contender. Uh, he's a guy that, you know, he might replicate some of the skills that, uh, Mitch has, mm-hmm. but you know, Mitch has had trouble staying on the floor. So, yes. you know, if you get a guy that you're not really going to lose anything when he's off the floor and that's the way that you want to play defensively, that's big time, you know, and it, cause he's another guy that can go out, switch out on the perimeter, versatile, um, and then offensively, you know, he's going to create gravity at the rim being a lob threat. Obviously, he's not really going to do much more than that. He, You know, we haven't seen a lot of Nerland's Noel videos uh, sh- between the legs shooting threes like Mitch this offseason. But, nah, um, nah. <laughs> you know, he's a guy that he knows. I think at this point he knows his role right. as an NBA player. And, you know, he's going to be productive. uh you know, like, will I'm sure we'll talk about Peyton in a minute, but you know, him and Alfred Peyton, uh, running pick and roll. Like that's going to be, a uh, you know, a filthy, a filthy play. I think, you know, getting, uh, getting those alley-oops to the rim. And again, like Alec Burks, he's a guy that if you needed to, you could trade him for an asset for sure. Yeah, uh, Especially it, bigs, bigs who defend, you know, they're going to be valuable in playoff situ- situations. So I, I like it all around. I mean, it's, it's short term. It's little money. I, I think, you know, I read some kind of article today that John Hollinger had like valued, uh, Noel, Alec Burks and Alfred Payton's contracts, um, as all they should be worth more than what the Knicks actually paid for them based on their production. So they're all value contracts yes. based on what the Knicks gave them. and And he's just another one in this, you know, in the group. So I like it a lot. And again, he's not a guy that's going to come in and be Marcus Morris and jack up 20 shots. That's not his role. He's just going to come in clean fit and, and do his thing.
0: Exactly. I, f- I definitely feel like it's, it's I'm kind of surprised that he's only $5 million. and He comes to the Knicks, especially considering he was playing in OKC with Chris Paul. Now the Chris Paul effect happens. You know what happens to the Chris Paul effect? All your numbers go up. Yeah. <laughs> 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 all of them go up like remember remember the the article the story when he was talking about um oh what was he talking about woody woody was talking about hey steve novak hey steve if you want to get paid listen to me i'll get you paid right steve novak's hits a career in a number of threes is and he gets paid to get the next big contract. I feel like that same thing should have happened to the new as well. He shot like 99% talent at the rim. I'm being a lot <laughs> man for Chris Paul and we pay him $5 million. It's kind of crazy.
2: It's <laughs> good value. That's yeah. good, value. good value. Speaking of which, Steve, Steve Steve Novak would get, he'd get that Joe Harris, Davis Bertans bag nowadays. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely.
2: 17 million for sure. novak <laughs> He needs to, he was born like what 10 years too early. Facts
0: his eight <laughs> now. If he played for the day, yo, come back, Novak. I know you like announcing and be come back, Novak. I'm sorry, the hashtag. <laughs> You're right. Anything else to add on this, New Orleans Noel?
1: Um, I like, I think it was a solid signing, you know, one year, five mil. He's a guy that he can, you know, rim run. You know, you can definitely pay off a of pick and roll, lob it up to him. He'll finish at the rim. He'll rebound the ball. You know, solid defender. And, you know, like um Corey said, he got a similar skill set to Mitch. Mm-hmm. Mitch does have trouble, you know, staying on the court due to foul trouble. So, you know, Nolan's Lowell's a solid backup that the Knicks can put into the game. You know, and play some minutes, you know, whenever Mitch, you know, wants to get foul happy. So, you know, right. I'm, I'm, with, I'm with the signing. I'm with it. It's, it, it's funny, too, because they both, Mitch and Noel,
0: they tend to you know go for steals, reach in and stuff. So I can see them both being in foul trouble, which is interesting, because they're almost <laughs> like the same player. <laughs> <laughs> like, even if you look at the nerves stats, he, he commits fouls at a, a high rate as well. And it, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's because he sticks his hands out there a lot. But the defense is incredible. Uh, I think... I'm hoping it's going to be like a DeAndre Jordan effect where DeAndre Jordan kind of helped mentor Mitch um, and you saw him kind of take a step and, you know, rebound better and foul less once he was there. Hopefully it's a similar effect that kind of happens with Norris as well, at least when it comes to the rotations because as of now, Mitch's rotations are still a little bit shaky, but he just kind of makes up for it. <laughs> because of his athleticism. So hopefully that helps bring him along and Mitch will get to that next level. And also Mitch, um, shoot those threes, man. I wanna see what happens. Let let it fly, let it it fly, let it fly. fly. We need you Mitch. Mitch, we need you to shoot threes. I know people want him to post, I get it. But the way our lineup is looking, we need some three point shooters. Hard body, for real, (laughs) for real, like dead serious. Because after we signed Ernest Noel, we signed a point guard that was a little bit too familiar. Uh, We signed back Alfred Payton, one million. I mean, Ah. one year, five million dollars. Knicks don't address the shooting at all. And it seems like we're back to square one (laughs) with the same problems that we had last year. Yeah, go ahead. Like I don't want to be. I don't want to hog all the ranting. So I'm gonna. Let you, I'm gonna share the wealth. Go ahead. Like whoever wants, whoever.
1: <laughs> all right. So um, explain Alfred this to Payton. me, right? I don't
0: understand. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: Alfred <laughs> Payton. Um, I'll first say this. I'm not trying to trash Alpha Payton.
0: This is what you say right
1: before you try somebody. Go ahead. He's, he's a he, <laughs> <laughs> he, he's a solid point guard. It's just that I feel like last season he lost his point guard position to Frank. So I felt like as if the Knicks were moving on from Payton <laughs> because once you lose your, once you lose your point guard position position to a younger player, that's it. Did you know, he lose like it or was he. he
0: in, injured
1: and he was he was injured, but at the same time, it's like you came back and you and you and you didn't gain back your position. You still lost it. So I'm thinking, okay, the Knicks are gonna move in another direction. Frank is gonna still be here, obviously, because they view Frank as a, you know a good point guard. he still got DSJ. Okay, that's fine. There's there's gonna be point guards available. Let's pick up a new point guard, especially a point a point guard that can shoot, that can uplift the team and they just bring back pain, and it's like what the hell you know what I'm saying like what's really the point behind that like what is it going to be a point guard battle like you're you, you just going to give Frank the position again and just be like okay you're going gonna to run the starting point guard and Alpha come off the bench like I don't understand what the Knicks are really doing here maybe maybe the Knicks saw that all oh, the point guard that they wanted are, are coming off the mark they just, so they were just like F it we're going to start paying because we ain't got no choice like I, I, I don't get it, but it, it is what it, it is. What it is, another year, Alfred Payton either backing up Frank or, or taking a starting point guard position. I, I don't even know what to say about this man. Like I'm, I'm just, I'm lost. Honestly, I'm lost.
0: I'm reserving rant. You want to speak, Corey? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: I, from from like a player perspective, like Alfred Payton's not a bad player. No, like when nice. it comes to just being an NBA player, right? It's just a tough fit because, like you said, the Knicks don't really have shooting. Now, I saw Etwan Moore went to the Suns for one year for like two and a half million or something. Look, obviously, it's on the player. Who knows if Etwan Moore would have been open to coming to New York for a little bit more money? But right. just from a fit perspective, if, if you gave somebody like Etwan Moore the one year five million instead, which is double what he's signing for in, in Phoenix that fit is a little cleaner, you know, like, cause he's a guy that's going to shoot 37, 38, 39% from three. He's not, he doesn't have that same like pick and roll breakdown ability that Peyton has. But, um, but to me, like he kind of fits better for the Knicks. Cause you kind of want RJ to be creating a little bit more this year, right? Like I want to see RJ with the ball in his hands a little more. So I would like to see a guy that you could just kind of be like, he could be a primary initiator, like while well, he's not going to do crazy things, but he's going to allow RJ to be that primary initiator as well sometimes. And he can play off ball more like Alfred Payton can't really play off ball. He can't play off RJ. No, And I think for RJ to grow his game, like that's what you kind of want. You want that guy. Like I think you're going to see a lot of like two guard liners with Alec Burks and RJ playing um at the same time. And then you just got to figure out if they could, Guard point guards in that situation, but I think I think that's kind of what um, you know what you want next to him. You want kind of like a three and D with guard who can you know also dribble a little bit, runs and rolls here and there.
0: Absolutely, man. And it's like, dude. Okay, I was all in. I'm thinking, all right, DJ Augustine is coming. I feel like that's the that, that was a tie, right? DJ Augustine can shoot threes, play pick and roll, thirty first percentile, and pick and roll. Tom Thibodeau guy, they got history, done deal. Yep. Those are the Bucks. <laughs> I get it. It's the Bucks. Yeah. Chance to win. Three years, 20 million, 21 million. I get it. We losing him out. Fine. Hey, Langston Galloway? Something, uh, something, something, something. History. Well, I History. I mean, he shoots better. He shoots 40%, 30, he 39% shoots last year. He plays defense.
1: <laughs>
0: he, he runs a little bit more through RJ. We, we share the point guard duties. The thing is, we know this doesn't work. That's, that's why I'm mad. Yeah. Nothing against Alfred Payton. I don't hate Alfred Payton like other Knicks fans do. I do not. Matter of fact, and I'm telling myself, at a point, I want Elwood Payton here. But at the same time, I felt like there was a time where I felt like the three-point shooting for Elwood Payton was going up. Um, Maybe the defense, maybe his injury had something to do with his three-point shooting, taking a nosedive. But I recognize the fact that he was a point guard who can pass, play defense. And play pick and roll. But what's happened when he's gotten here was he just passes it to, to Julius Randle every damn time. They ignore RJ. He can't <laughs> shoot, and it just isn't a good fit. So I need a shooter here by any means necessary. I'm tired of a baiting. The worst thing about this deal is he's he has a no trade clause because of the CBA rules are funky a la Ron Baker. So we can't even oh, trade the man.
2: Boy. We can't even trade
0: the man. <laughs> we can't even <sighs> trade the man. So we're locked in for the year.
1: All, all I'm saying is I'm looking at Frank Nilakin. I'm like, dog, step up your game this season because I want to see maybe 10 minutes out of effort per game. And just please, something got to happen, yo. Bro, like, I'm looking
0: at DSA <laughs> like anybody. Help it me.
1: Works.
2: <laughs> anybody. Yeah. Yo, I will say, though, look, I'm I'm not like completely out on Dennis Smith Jr. I, I would give him a chance to to kind of prove himself because... Tibbs has a pretty good history with point guards like him. He does like Tibbs has turned guys. I mean, John Lucas the Third was ISOing LeBron in big games on national TV and it was working. <laughs> so like, you know, I'll, I'll give Dennis Smith jr. The chance cause I've seen Tibbs do it before, but still he's also not a knockdown shooter. So, so, I mean, it's got it's gotta happen from somewhere. Um, I think Leon, it's not like, you know, him and the front office, the coaching staff are stupid. Like they know that they have this problem, but I think they're being smart. Like they're also not trying to do anything crazy. um, That's going to like rush the process and hurt it long-term. So, uh, you know, I think it's a wait and see thing. Like, it's not ideal. It's not ideal in the moment right now, but I want to see what the long-term vision is because I feel like Leon has been doing work over the last week or so. Like, I feel like he's been, he's been putting work in, even though it's not splashy. I, I agree And look, you. you got Emmanuel quickly. You got quickly. We you got do Quig- have quickly. Quig- Quig- we, we, you know, like he's, that dude is going to knock down shots and he's, he's a point guard size. So if you could put him, you know, like the, the guard I was trying to talk about with RJ, like RJ could play point guard with quickly on the floor, but quickly could guard the point guard. So like, that's a situation that like, he might be a dude who plays a lot this year. Um, he'll make his rookie mistakes and whatnot, but like, at least he could, he won't be a point guard, but if RJ has that ability that he showed at Duke in him to kind of create a little bit off the bounce for other people, I think, you know, he could be a guy that might see major minutes in like this whole, like Dennis Smith jr. Frank, Alfred Payton, uh, conversation. It might be like you look back and be like, "Ah, oh, what were we worrying about? Because we got, right. you know, we got this dude who's a forty percent shooter, ninety percent at the line that that's going to play major minutes." So I don't I, know. You, I, I would I would wait and see. You know what?
0: S- s- screw, s- screw the timeline and outline. Let's get to it, Emmanuel quickly, right? <laughs> 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 Let's get to it. I'm all about the flow of conversation, <laughs> right? Emmanuel quickly. <laughs> I love the guy, not the ideal point guard, because he is not a guy who is going to pick and roll you. He's not the guy who's the best passer. He's not going to set up your team. Matter of fact, that's probably his biggest weakness. But if you buy that RJ is going to, can develop into a playmaker... You know, from that wing spot. Oh,
1: wait, something just came in. We got breaking
2: news, by
1: the way. Yeah, Austin Rivers is about (laughs) to sign with the Knicks. There's our point guard. (laughs) (laughs) There's our point guard.
2: (laughs) Breaking, breaking news. Breaking news. Hold on.
0: Austin Rivers is coming to the New York Knicks. I'm going to pause this conversation right here. (laughs) (laughs) Because this is recorded, it's not live.
1: Word. I'm going
0: to pause it right now. Take a look. We're cutting it right back after these messages. All right, we are back. We have clothed ourselves. Austin Rivers is now a New York Knicks. And perfect timing, too. We're just in the middle talking about point guards and possibilities, right? Austin awesome Rivers is New York Knicks one year deal. We don't know the amount yet. Conceivably it's probably going to be around 5 or 6 million cuz it has been the pattern so far with Leon Rose and these guys. Um first thoughts about Austin Rivers becoming a New York Nick.
1: I mean, from his time in Houston, he's a solid backup point guard, you know, um he's not a great shooter, but he can shoot the ball a little bit. Um Good handle. You know, he's he's a bit crafty with The Rock. I mean, I don't really have, like, any general idea. I mean, I don't really have, like, a general feeling about it. But I do know that now the Knicks do have a logjam at point guard because the Knicks have pretty much, I think, four or five point guards right now. And it's just making you wonder because you look at the front court now. The front court is kind of loaded as well. Mm -hmm. You've got Ed Davis, Noel, Mitch, Randall. And um, am I missing somebody? And now top into the rookie that's coming in, right? And now the bat, now the backcourt is filled up because you got DSJ, you got Frank, you got Payton, you got now you got Austin Rivers, you got quickly. so you got so you have guys now where it's like it's making me wonder if um Leon Rose is planning something to make a trade or something to like bring in somebody good. So it's a wait and see. But my initial feeling is just like. <laughs> Oh, that's happening.
0: That is happening. Somebody is gone. We kind of talked about it b- behind the scenes. No trade clause for Elford Payton. He's staying. Point blank, period. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Anything to add to that, Corey?
2: I I got to say, I, I, I just started thinking about it. I, it seems like a pattern. It's another guy who has been playing on contenders. And it's another guy that mm. you look at And like you, Ed Davis, uh, Noel, uh, Austin Rivers, I mean, all of these guys are Alec Burks. They're all trade assets that contenders are going to be looking for. And I'm looking at it from an outside perspective and saying Leon Rose is going to be getting a ton of assets at the deadline, before the deadline, whatever, for when guys start going down. And and this is going to be a weird year the season's going to be condensed. You know, the, who knows what's going to happen with guys with, with everything playing out, right. Guys might get hurt. You know, these are going to be guys that I think I wouldn't get too attached to. And I think he's just looking at them as these are going to be pieces that we could flip down the line. And it's not like they're signing the long-term deals. So they're buying property in New York or New Jersey or whatever, Westchester to, settle down with a family they're signing one-year Man, deals they know what's up they, they know, know that up, like yeah you know what i signed this deal i could boost my value a little bit and maybe i could so either i'm going to get a a bigger contract next year or they'll trade me and if they trade me it's probably going to be to a contender because exactly. it's not like um you know some some team at the uh that's going to be in the lottery mix is going to be like you know what maybe we can get Austin Rivers on the chief and, and build with him going forward. They're going to be, you know, flip to contenders. So they all know it's, I look at it as an asset and regardless of fit. And like you said, there's definitely going to be guys that have to be on the move just because there's a lot of jam, but from an asset perspective, I think Leon knows what he's doing. He's, he's getting ready just to load up. He's going to be firing these guys off with the trade deadline. And uh, you know, whether some of the, some of them go for like a late first, second, whatever it is, I think, I think the Knicks are going to have some assets going forward. Keep yeah. an
0: eye on the cap, too, man. Because I saw JB, I call J, JB the capologist. He's like the Knicks Twitter capologist. Like, I saw him kind of say something interesting when he was talking about when the Knicks can actually use the entire cap. He was kind of saying that we can kind of wait to fill out that cap until further in the season. So if you, if you consider that, we can combine both theories and, and think. Okay, you know what? We can conceivably combine all these one-year assets, move them for picks, find a disgruntled star, take those picks we got from those assets, package it with something else, and then get a disgruntled star in the middle of the season. That could be the play.
1: Yeah, and also um, I want to add something to to what Corey said because um, it's similar to the situation with Marcus Morris last season because. Marcus Morris was with us for one year, signed to around, what What was it, like 15 mil, I believe? 10, 15 yeah. mil? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he played like pretty much, you know, lights out first half of the season, proved himself, then he went to a contender. Now, Marcus Morris ended up with a bigger contract with the um, Clippers, you know, multiple years and good money. And it's pretty much the same with these assets as, as well. So. It seems like at the moment, like Corey said, like, yeah, it does seem like Leon Rose is just trying to stack assets at the moment. And we'll see what happens with the, with those assets in the future. If the Knicks will be able to um, flip them for somebody really good or draft the right players, whatever, like, well, you know, whatever, you know, their plan may be.
0: I agree with you, man. I agree with you.
1: Exciting stuff.
0: Excit- here I'm thinking, here I'm thinking we're going to try to trade for Lonzo Ball. <laughs> 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 or or try to get kira lewis but I, that's a long shot i wasn't I'm, i was joking i already know that's a long shot uh another reason why i like Corey because i was team kira y'all thought i was team kira no <laughs> no 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 Corey is the president ceo vice president Top five Dylon, 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 Dylon (laughs) Dylon fan of Kira Lewis, for
2: sure. (laughs) Yeah, that's for sure, man. I was riding the, I don't think anybody had him higher on their board than I did. Exactly. Top five. He was top five on my board. Exactly. He was top five on my board. I I think it's crazy he went as low as he did. Yeah. I think it's crazy. I think it's a good fit for him. I think it's a good fit for him, but crazy he went where he did.
0: Yeah, it makes me sick. For sure. It makes me sick. (laughs) <laughs> make me sick that he went to the Pelicans, just gonna be throwing <laughs> alley to Zion.
2: No, i makes me
0: sick to my stomach. I'm still not over it, especially because we're you know, we're dry, we're uh, signing Austin Rivers. Ooh, right imagine now. him coming off those screens with.
2: He's gonna be coming off screens with Steven Adams and Zion. Oh like, he, he doesn't even need to put on weight. Those dudes are they just go body dude. they're just oh bodying God. dudes off the screens. Yeah, Steve Adams is gonna
0: lay people unconscious with this. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he don't be doing the slip screens like Mitch be doing. No, he sets a screen screen. Yeah. Yeah, let's say it twice. <laughs> <Yeah>. Screen screen. <laughs> oh man. Speaking of drafts and missing point guards. No, you no, know I don't even want to start the conversation like that because I'm actually happy with the Knicks drafting Obi Toppin, even though Analytics Twitter hates his guts.
3: Wow.
0: Like I love it. Like <laughs> how is not to love, man? Did you see? Did you see his teary-eyed accepted speech
2: <laughs>
0: when he's like, "I'm from New York, man." He's touching. Yeah, he's <laughs> like this is it's fun to, to play for the team that you grew up watching. I bleed, orange and <laughs> blue. He, I, I'm paraphrasing, but he pretty much said that. Yeah. <laughs> like like this man played ball in Rucker Park, man. He, West Forth, man. Yo, cage. In the cage. Eat, eat, eat the cage. <laughs> he was in the cage. This man is New York, and just, just the way he reps, I'm glad we have him. Because now we really have two guys who rep. Like, RJ reps. There's a picture of RJ with the hat low when he was a kid. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then you got Obi Toppin rocking the Spreewell jersey free. with the black stripes on the side. It's like, yep. yes, rep. Don't trade in those guys, or I'm going to coming after you, Leon. <laughs> 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 but, oh man, let's get into Obi Toppin. Corey, this is this is you. Tell us. This, Tell us what do you think about the Obi talking signing?
2: I loved it. I loved it. Um to me, you know, it was an absolute no-brainer. Like I, I know that, you know, as the two guys riding for, for Kyra Lewis Jr. harder than anybody. Right. You know, passing up on him is, is tough. But um like Obi Tokins a lock to be a very good player. Yeah. Like he is a lock and, and analytics, Twitter, you know, uh, I get it. They probably didn't watch him play at all. They saw a couple of highlights of him, uh, getting cooked on, on the perimeter on defense or whatever. And, uh, they all, they made their assumptions, but this dude, he, he can straight up get buckets like, and in like a modern way. And he's not yes. just a guy who can get buckets. Like he is from the power forward position. Like he's everything you want out of the modern day power forward. He's a guy that can stretch the floor. Like he's going to shoot it at a good clip. He's got good clean form. He shot out at over 40% in college, which, you know, granted it was on low volume. So I wouldn't expect him to come in and be a 40% shooter right away, but he's definitely going to be a guy who ends up at like 37, 38% on good volume three, in my opinion. Um, then lob threat, the Knicks mm-hmm. got a million lob threats. They might have the most dunks in the league this year. Like that, <laughs> everybody in that front court is just dunking the ball, just putting it in. So Um, He's going to shoot a a really high percentage at the rim. And then to me, his most underrated um, skill, and maybe this is a good thing considering the uh, point guard situation. He's like a filthy passer. Yes, Like he has legitimately good vision and especially in the short roll, which is like one of the most important passes or the most important pass your big can make now, you know, no longer is it the, the kick out of the post up. Now it's that little short roll pass hit the weak side corner he he'll hit that every single time. The Knicks need some shooters to hit the shots after he makes the pass, but right. he'll hit that every single time. Now, you know, obviously, you know, if, if all of this was true, why did he go eight in the draft? Right. The mm-hmm. defensive concerns are real. It's not like they should be ignored, but what I loved about his fit with New York specifically, like if he had gone to Cleveland, I would have liked the, the, the fit a lot less. But with his fit in New York specifically, and especially now with the Noel um, signing, he is always going to be on the floor for the most part with a guy who could make up for his defensive mistakes. And, and to me, like like you're going to get him out on the perimeter and you're going to have a guard who's trying to cook him in isolation and, and, you know, shoot jumpers over him. Like, congratulations. Like, if you hit the shot, like good on you. Like, that's what you, you want to give up, right? You want because if they beat him to the rim, well, guess what? You got a shot blocker waiting now. Facts. So that's why I absolutely loved his fit. And, you know, and like I said that he could stretch it out so he could play with them too. And then, you know, I'm sure he'll get some small ball five minutes as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's not going to be able to go out and switch out on the perimeter for 20 minutes a game. But if he could do that eight, nine minutes a game, protect the rim, get some blocks, you know, he'll do that. He's got bounce like that. Right. So I think, his fit with New York is fantastic. He'll run pick and roll with Mitch. Um, you know, one day we'll have a clearer picture on what that with the uh, the point guard situation is yes. eventually it doesn't have to be now. Um, and I don't care about his age. I don't, he's 22 years old. Like who cares? He's, he's still crazy young, but he's a guy that's going to come in and be good right away. And especially with this season where the season starts next month, the training training camp is starting soon. Right. Mm-hmm there's not really like an off season to get uh, acclimated with your team. And then they're just going to get, they're just going to go. So he's going to be ready because he's going to be physically ready. He's one. I like, he's been training in New York with Brickley. So, you know, he's been going at it with pros already. So like, I think he's going to have a, a, an easier time adjusting. And then, you know, if the, if the schedule gets weird where they start doing like the regional thing where they try to do like more back-to-backs or whatever, like, I don't know if they said that if that was a rumor, if they're actually doing it, yeah, Like it's easy as a, a rookie to not be on the scouting report and go off in a game. And then you move on to the next team and you're still not on the scouting report. But if you're if you're doing back to backs now where it's almost like a little playoff situation, he's going to be a guy that like, all right, in that second game, I could still get to my offense, even if I'm on the scouting report a little bit, because I got counters um, offensively. So uh, I love it. I love the fit. I, he's not a perfect prospect and that's why he didn't go number one, but he's the national player of the year in college. He's a guy that he's passionate about being a Nick. And I think that that means something, you know, I I know the last guy who like came here before, you know, this new group uh, when Amari came in and he wanted to reset the, he's like a new age Amari almost, you know, he's got that same passion, same, same type of game. And uh, look, not every prospect is going to be a a perfect two-way player. You got to take, you got to look at what the players can do. And I'll tell you, if Tibbs, can get the most out of Carlos Boozer, and and have the Bulls contending with Carlos Boozer playing thirty minutes a game. He can, <laughs> he can get the most out of Obi Toppin. Max.
1: <laughs> Boozer. Though? I'm with. I'm with
2: it. I'm with oh, it.
1: Oh, Man. Man. man no, yo, shots was good, player, but they, they like, let me know some.
0: Do you know who else was 22 when it was drafted? Who else? The Great. The captain, Patrick Ewing. Are you telling me you would have booed Patrick Ewing because he was 22? Come on, son. You're not a New Yorker. You know
1: you. you nah. Not, even, even, even 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 though that was a way different time though.
0: That's sacrilegious.
1: That's
0: sacrilegious. <laughs> <laughs> 22 is not an excuse for, at at all to to not like this pick. There's everything to like about this pick, and and like you said, I liked how you said you can envision running pick and roll with Toppin and Mitch. Because I was thinking the exact same thing. Because we know Tom Thibodeau, what he did with Joe King, use him as a passer at that foul line spot. Like I can envision him doing the same thing with OB Toppin because we already know big men who can pass can open things up for everybody. Especially if we plan on using him as a small ball five at, at some points. Thinking yeah. about what Joe is doing. I'm not saying he's a Joe level passer. <laughs> but it kind of minimizes... Um, the lack of shooting, sometime, and, and and a guard who can get to the bucket, it benefits them that much better if you use them as a small ball five at a certain points. So, I definitely love that angle of of Ovi topping And you talked about the passing, um, how good the passing is when he's rolling. He can also pass in the post too. So, like he needs to get a little bit stronger. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Like he he needs to not skip leg day. I need to dunk, <laughs> but he needs to get a little stronger
2: so he can punch the so he can back down Do these squats. bigger guys, huh? Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: Why you say Corey? No, yeah, you're right. He needs to he his legs are scrawny. He's got some scrawny legs. He needs to, he needs to get in the gym, squats, get his weight up, and um, that way he could he could put. But he's got broad like he's got wide shoulders, big broad shoulders. Like if he dips his shoulder into you, like you're gonna feel it. Yeah. Like he'll move you, but he might get a couple of offensive fouls that way. But like you're gonna feel it if he goes he takes that shoulder into your chest but um yeah it won't hurt it won't hurt to you know to get a little stronger down low that that, that won't hurt
0: exactly like the thing is to the cons that he has I feel like we have the perfect staff um to kind of work on them like for one he seems very willing to put in the work he put into where to get here he wasn't even supposed to be in the NBA, according to him, he was expecting his ceiling to be an overseas guy. You know what I'm saying? He he just started to learn to dunk in his senior year in high school. You know, what I'm Dayton was <laughs> under the radar. No one expected Dayton to go anywhere. And all of a sudden, they are like only lose two games in the season. So this guy, he's been beating the odds. I I love this pick. I think there's a lot to grow from here. We had the perfect development staff to work on his defense. Um, he has to work on his stance because his stance is a little weird. I've seen some videos of that. He looks like he's um he looks like he's squatting like a barbell when he's in his offensive stance. <laughs> <laughs> and not like, you know, shoulder width apart with your body to the floor. It's weird. But it's things that are fixable. I think he's absolutely gonna be fag. Um even though I want Akira, I'm with it. Obi we'll topping. Win now pick. Hopefully, we can actually win though, because it might be a blood man. (laughs) 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 Anything else to add about Emmanuel quickly? I know you touched on Emmanuel quickly earlier. Um, Three point sniper.
2: (laughs) I think quickly was a great pick. I know some people thought that it was a little bit early. First, I just want to say I want to shout out Leon Rose for how he handled that part of the draft. The Knicks walked went in with the 27. Oh yes. And the 38 it was it 27 and 38 mm-hmm. Traded it for the 23 and then trade back for 25 and 33. Right. So he, he went for with the same, he ended up going, getting two picks that were higher than originally um, the Knicks were supposed to pick just by maneuvering on draft night. He, that was, that was excellent uh, maneuvering by Leon. Rose. So, and then, and you knew, you knew that with that pick, that one of those picks was going to end up being a Kentucky guy. Like that was, that was a given. That was an absolute given. So it wasn't shocking. I thought that Tyrese Maxey had a shot when he
1: was, when he started
2: making it. And and I thought, okay, if he he drops, that's going to be the pick. But once it was quickly, look, he's a guy that he fits perfectly into the modern NBA. I mean, you don't, we talked about Joe Harris and Bertans getting, you know, contracts close to $80 million because of their shooting ability. He's a guy in college that was, that shot over 40% and 90% at the line. And, like, there's a lot of guys who could shoot 40% from three who are shooting, you know, catch and shoot, just standing in the corner. Um, this dude was running all over the place. It's not yeah. like he was just planted in the corner. He's coming off floppy sets, like, running off screens, doing all that stuff that you see guys like J.J. Redick do. So, like, he is a versatile shooter. He is not just let's put him in the corner and then you know you really got a strap on you when you also shoot 90 percent at the line that's when you know your shot is pure like that's when you know it's pure so he is a a a legit shooter and and look we've seen with kentucky guards that they don't always get to show all of what they're capable of in college um we've seen it with with book with talahiro Mm -hmm. you know these guys they come in and into the NBA, they're allowed to do a little bit more. And uh, look, I don't know if quickly has got all that. It's not like he can't dribble, you know, right. it's not like he's incapable of it. He just didn't really get a chance to Ashton Hagens, who, you know, um, my apologies to Ashton Hagens. I really didn't like watching him play last year. I thought he <laughs> took the ball out of Tyrese Maxey's hand and Emmanuel quickly's hand. He's, he could defend. So, you know, good on him. Um, but I didn't like him as a point guard. I would have liked to see the ball more, in quickly's hand, in maxi's hand um just to see what they could do with it but you know uh, john calipari is trying to win games he's not trying to uh you know appease me and and how i'm viewing prospects towards the nba so you know i get it but i I loved it i loved it just from and especially if you look at this roster this year he might just get minutes based on the fact that he's the best shooter on the team (laughs) you know already so um so yeah and, and he's he's six three like he's he's a little short for a shooting guard but he's one of those guys that has a crazy wingspan so it's not like it, his size is really going to affect him because you know you're not playing basketball with, with just your neck you know <laughs> and the yeah, a guard yeah, absolutely. It, it's the wingspan helps because it's who are you going to defend and if you got a six eight wingspan then you can defend twos um just as easily and maybe some threes in certain situations so I think he's gonna be a really good player and uh I, I think the, the Knicks coaching staff, development staff that they got, I think they're gonna do work with him.
0: Yeah, man. He's looking like a defensive Malik monk, kinda, you know? Like the defense, <laughs> like you said, the on ball defense is is great. Um, it's not even just about his length when, when you when I was looking at him, it, it, even his body position is always spot on. He doesn't he jumps up straight up without fouling a lot. Uh mm-hmm. he, he's always active. He has to work on the off ball defense a lot though. That's something to work on but defensively he gives you a lot on ball very happy with that and seems to really know the game when when, when looking at him it was just like all right cool he seems to know where to go to get open like he he, he floats to the open spot on the three-point line very easily and He's. He, it seems like he's a student of the game. I listened to another pod talking about him too, and he's talking about his Kawhi Leonard like work ethic. So you also gotta like somebody who mentions his name with Kawhi Leonard. You know, <laughs> It's, it's, not, it's <laughs> yeah. not a bad thing. thing. <laughs> exactly. A, a lot. A lot to like with this guy, man. Best shooting team for real could be. I don't know anything to add about that, Ryan. We
1: well, cover everything. The- the the one thing the one thing I'm gonna add is that um he was the SEC player of the year as well. He had like he had a really hot second half of the season with Kentucky, which is really good. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, like everybody said, it's a good pick for the Knicks. He's a shooter, he can stretch the floor, Knicks need shooting. I do like the fact that you know, he's a versatile shooter, he can shoot the ball in several ways, whether it's catch and shoot, run off screens or whatever the case may be. The Knicks was the Knicks were sorely missing that in the last season. And overall, I like the pick. Like Nick's addressed one of the weaknesses on their team shooting he fits that yeah, he fits that role so overall I'm happy with the pick yeah and also like I like the fact that he can draw fouls too
0: like he's, he's a crafty foul drawer man. kiss you with the pump fake and the swipe through he's one of those guys where if he was not on my team I'd be pissed because he looks like <laughs> James Harden with the little swipe <laughs> through stuff like I can see people being really mad <laughs> but I don't care because i would be our <laughs> <team> doing it <laughs> Um, and you know what? Corey kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier. We ended up getting like a thirty third pick later on in that draft, but we ended up trading it for a future a future second round pick. I in the in the double draft. I believe what twenty
1: twenty three. Yeah, I believe yep. yeah.
0: Mhm. People were pissed, rightfully so. Maybe I personally wanted Malachi Flynn. I think that was the guy. I was going to modify Flynn, maybe Tyrell Terry to short the point guard position. But I feel like the Knicks they wanted to open up a roster spot because that felt because like, uh, Leon Rose had all these magic moves he had in mind to to, to weaponize the cap and get picks and so. But in the end, they ended up getting the undrafted rookie Miles Powell. So they end up getting a point guard anyway. But getting him without having to put him on the books officially and not having to give up a roster spot. Because I know people were kind of thinking, "What's was the point of that? Knicks were looking at their roster spot. They just want to clear roster spots to do all their little funky moves, like um, allegedly get J- JaVale McGee here for another second round pick, which is in the works. Who knows if that's going to happen by the time the show is over.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what do you guys think about this combo guard, Miles Powell? we know we need shooting. It
2: seems like he can shoot at least. He, uh, uh he's kind of he's going he's to get, bu- he's going to get buck- buckets in the G League. Yeah. He's going to get buckets in the G League. He's going to be in Westchester. I think a, a lot of the year. Um, my thing with him, he's, he's one of the, he's tough. Cause he's got like, he can get buckets, right. He's, he's got a little bit of, uh, of Dion waiters in him though, you know, like he needs to be the bucket getter. He's one of those guys, like he spent the last four years at Seton Hall being, you know, a top option on the team. And definitely the last few years where he's able to create, he's he's hitting shots off the bounce or he's just getting them up off the bounce. And right. now he's got to come into a situation where that's that can't be his role. He's got to be able to play off of other guys that are going to have that role. And that's the that's the hardest part for guards like him who get drafted or signed like, um, with a team after the draft, if they don't get drafted, what is their role going to be in the NBA? Cause it could, it could go two ways. Like it could be, they learn how to kind of reel themselves in and just mm-hmm. take what comes to them. And in which case you can make like a serious career as like a gunner off the bench, or are they still falling into habits of the way that they played when they were the man, in which case now, you're really just hurting the team because you're taking the ball away from your better players. So I think that he's one. the backcourt right now. is just way too full for him to get any minutes right now in a game. So I think he's going to start out in the G league. And I think that, um, if you know, and even there, he might be one of the top options. So it's going to be hard, but it's just really about getting the speed of the, you know, increasing the speed of the game for him he's got to learn how to just play within himself. And it's not to say that he can't do that. It's just for players like him who are guys that who get buckets. And I mean, he's a guy, he shot less than 40% from the field in college as a senior, right? You know, like, like he is not afraid to let it fly in any situation, but he's a tough shot maker. He's a tough shot taker, tough shot maker. So it's one of those things where it could really go either way. If he learns to reel himself in and he could shoot 45% from the field, 36% from three and he's able to get you a bucket off the bench as a sixth or seventh man, that's some real value on the contract that he'll have. But otherwise, you know, he's just going to be a guy that, that quickly fades out of the league. Maybe he bounces to another team, ends up in the G league for a while, then ends up in like the Euro league or something um, like that. That to me, those are the two ways that he can go. I thought I was
0: an Emmanuel quickly pun real quick. You can't, <laughs> under the, but maybe that's consciousness. <laughs> Brian, <laughs> Yeah. I know you covered him when his junior year um, when you was writing about him. Any thoughts on our guy, Miles Powell?
1: I actually like Miles Powell. Um, I definitely got um, get to got to see him up close in the Big East Tournament. Lower Last year's Big East Tournament and he pretty much tore that. He pretty much tore that tournament apart. He was averaging 26 points per game. He even dropped um, a record 29 first half points against Georgetown in the Big East Tournament. Um I honestly thought he was. I honestly thought he was going to leave after his junior season because his junior season was his best season, mm-hmm. and I felt like he was on fire that season too. So I thought that he was going to enter the draft last year, but he he didn't. Well, he didn't, he came back for his senior season. Um, yeah, but he's definitely a scorer. Like Corey said, he's a tough shot maker. He takes a lot of, he takes a lot of bad shots, but he definitely can make them. And um. And I think the one part of his game that's like sneaky is the fact that like he's also a decent passer. As in like I like I saw him I like I saw him play a lot and like he'll penetrate and he'll kick it out to open shooters and things like that. So it's like he has that part to his game as well. Now, I saw some
0: nifty passes. He did some crazy behind the back no look stuff. Yeah, it just seems like it's really far in between. You know, he doesn't really do that often. So.
1: No, he doesn't do it often. I mean, he only averages like maybe three assists a game in college. But I mean, it, but it, but it's a part of him, though. Like, it's like, especially when I watched him in last year's biggest tournament, like he did like find shooters, you know, on the perimeter, and things like that when he penetrated into the lane. And, you know, like, you know, the Knicks backcourt is full at the moment. So it's hard to see him getting any type of playing time whatsoever. You know, but me personally, I'm rooted for the guy. Like, I want, I want to see him do well in the league. You know what I mean? Whether it's with the Knicks or whether it's with another team. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a tri-state dude. He's from New Jersey, so I'm cheering. For him, I'm cheering for him from for him from that aspect. But actually, seeing a future on the Knicks, that that I'm not sure of. What you know, the amount of point guards the Knicks already have, and whatever the case may be. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be rough.
0: He's gonna have to beat up Jared Harper too. Jared Harper over here chopping at the bits. <laughs> also on a two-way deal. So um, we'll see how that works out. Uh, I like Miles Powell as well from what I've seen of him. Anyway, but it's going to be uphill battle. better. We'll see what happens. Stay tuned. Yep. All right. Corey, you might not know this, but now this is one of my favorite parts of this show. (laughs) And it's called Bruh. The bruh picks. <laughs> now, bruh picks on the show are usually the stupidest, dumbest plays of the week. There has been no basketball though, so there's no plays. So usually, what we do is, is there something stupid that happened that you want to point out. You can talk about it, get off your chest. Well, hit the little sound effect, bruh, button. <laughs> Oh man, I wish I had out. prepared for this.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry I spun this on you. Um, I don't know if you do, do yeah. Ryan.
1: Do you have anything? Me personally? Yes. Off the, to- off the top of my head, I only have one bro pick. Okay, go ahead. And this is from college football. It was the game versus it was Army versus Tulane. And what was funny about this game was that Army was receiving the kickoff from um from Tulane. So, they received the kickoff, they started running back, and they wanted to be fancy about it. So, you know, sometimes off of a kick or off a kickoff return or punt return, you know, sometimes, especially in college, sometimes teams will do like a backward lateral mm-hmm. on, on the kick return or the, or the punt return to try to like shift the field on the defense and then hopefully, you know, get some yards. So that's exactly what Army tried to do against Tulane. But the funny thing is that one of the Tulane players was, he saw that all the way. So when, so when the guy threw the backward pass, the dude intercepted it and ran in for a touchdown of the kick return. Bro. <laughs> a
0: little embarrassing, but. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Army. Long career, I guess. I mean, that's long. Where you guys going on a long touchdown. All right. That's how it's done. Let me see. Do I have any bro picks, though? Do I have any broad picks, though? I might give one to Steve. I might give one to Stephen A, man, because he annoyed the hell out of me. <laughs> oh, you, you just reminded me.
1: Do you want to go? Max Kellerman. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. He, go he, ahead, go he, ahead. he, he gets a broad pick as well, because... Bruh. So, I So, earlier this week on First Take, they asked the question about, you know... I think it, it had to do with, like, the future of the Knicks, like... Do you like the pick of Obi Toppin and this and that and blah blah blah? And of course, Max Kellerman is doing is, is doing his usual hating as what you know. Man, as he like a
0: Knicks fan so hard? It's, it's
1: I enormous. know. I'm stop, like, stop telling that damn lie already, though. Like, for real. Like, I'm not beating a like, Knicks fan. Like, the the stuff this dude, <laughs> the stuff that was coming out of this guy's mouth, like it was irking my nerve. I was like, honestly, it was like, I was like, yo, get him. I was like, yo, get him off. And and gladly enough. Stephen A. Smith came on afterwards and basically just ran him off the show. It was like, "Yo, like, why are you even? Why are you even in New York City? Like, yo, you need to get like, yo, can someone move him out of New York City? Because like this guy, he's a traitor. Like, it's crazy. Even even when the Knicks do something positive, he he always brings it back to a negative, and that's what I can't stand about Max. Sometimes it, it kills me. I don't
0: watch the first take. I just depend on Ryan to tell me all the bull that's happening. Cause they get on my nerves right this moment. <laughs> <well. laughs> I just see the clips on the Twitter that's, timeline.
2: <laughs> and I take my keys from that. It's like, this is, this is why I stopped watching. <laughs> that's what you, but you're smart because that's what they're trying to do. You, you get mad at them. They they're winning. That's how they yes. win. They want you to get mad at them. That's they're exactly. trying to just talk. They yes. don't even know what they're saying half the time.
0: Do you want them to win Ryan?
2: If I, if I want who to win, the
0: Knicks? Not the Knicks, first take? Of course you want the Knicks to win. What kind of question is that?
1: <laughs> oh, if I want first take to win. <laughs> yes, yes, first take. It, it, I mean, it's highly entertaining to me. That's why I watch it. And I mean, I, I mean, hey, at least Stephen A, even though Stephen A be on, going on his rants as well, at least Stephen A a Knicks fan. And, and any type of positive that the Knicks do do, Stephen A is quick to acknowledge it. But Max, I just I just can't stand that dude, yo. Like, whenever whenever it's time for Max's... Whenever it's Max's turn to talk about the Knicks, that's when I'm just like, you know what? I, I'd rather just mute this rather than actually listen to what it. he has to say because I already know it's going to piss me off, so...
3: What?
1: <laughs> y- you know what? I'm here. You know what? I'm going to leave Stephen A. alone. Here's my bro pick.
0: My <laughs> bro pick is, right, for all the people who got all the Knicks for getting all these power forwards and stuff, but they're ignoring what's going on in Detroit.
3: Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. yeah,
0: what the hell where's the ESPN coverage in that I ain't seen Stephen A. Smith going off about the power force there I see nobody mention it but you always want to talk about the New York Knicks I don't get it who's gonna run the point Jeremy Grant <laughs> come on come on son
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah yeah who the Pistons they, they signed Jeremy Grant they signed Mason Plumlee yeah. and they signed another big man too I think on top of that
0: Exactly. And, th- and then I saw some other guy in the meeting. He was talking smack about the Knicks. About Knicks go to Knicks. They sign another power forward. And he starts naming people on the Knicks. And he's like, naming guys that not, aren't even on the team anymore. I'm like, dude, whose man's is this? You don't even pay <laughs> attention to my team. Don't criticize my team. And you don't know who was on my team. Talk about we have power forwards, but you're naming people who's not on the team no more. Stop
1: exactly. it. Exactly.
0: Bro, bro. Bro. <sighs> I'm done. Corey, you don't have to participate in right. this if you don't want to. It's, I got one.
2: No, I got I got all right. I got oh, let's one. go. Let's I think with. I got two. I got two. I'll I'll do the first, the quick one. I, I I'm gonna give it to my man Michael Jordan for signing Gordon Hayward to that out, oh, albatross yeah. contract. Bruh. So that's that's one. But two, and look, I, I'm not trying to make anything political. This has it it's but it was a political commentator who was trying to make a point. We a point. They it. were saying they were like they were talking about um, how the lawyers of of somebody were lining up like the Spartans in 300 and <laughs> they were going to um, and they were going to be taking their their chance, you know, like that the Spartans were going to win. They're like, I'll take my chances with oh, the Spartans, not the other guys. My and, God. And uh. they, and they definitely didn't watch that movie all the way through. Because the Spartans do not win. <laughs> and they thought they were making a crazy good point. So, like, if you are going to make a point, you got to watch the movie all the way through because they got dunked on hard for that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
0: All, El, Corey, all the remember is the slow motion. This is Sparta. That's it. Boom. And no. it kicked down the hole.
2: They, they stopped watching the movie after that. <laughs> they stopped they that, that was it. it didn't end well. It did, it was a good movie, but it did not end well for them. And
0: guess what? Didn't end well for these lawyers either. Bruh. <laughs> no.
2: No, it did not. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Pennsylvania.
0: <laughs> if you don't get the joke, then you, you, you don't, it was meant to get
3: it. <laughs> All right. <laughs>
0: 800,000 oh. All right That is our show <laughs> Glad to have you Corey <laughs> Had mad fun You can come kick With us anytime you co- coolest Bull fan I know <laughs> <laughs> I
2: appreciate that I appreciate that Thank you for having me I had fun too
0: Oh man Yeah we like to keep it like here All right cool So uh, yeah We're wrapping it up Man you can definitely Find us on Twitter Right <laughs> At the KOT show um, you can also find our blogs on thenickatimeshow.com you can also get some merch from there if you want to Corey got some merch too Corey, got, t- Corey has um he has like a little PDFs he's selling, he had the magazines that sold out that, that, yes. that breaks down all the prospects but he also has some, some PDFs you can download for a dollar that breaks down all the prospects for you guys so definitely check that out mm-hmm. you can also find us on Facebook too ethnic time show uh you can find me on instagram jlis draws things that's j-e-l-e-l-l-i-s draws things um cory plug whatever you want
2: uh you can follow me on twitter at hardwood herald uh you can find my youtube uh hardwood herald there hardwoodherald.com that's where you'll find that uh, aforementioned pdf mm-hmm. and um yeah, that's that's it. You can find um you find me on the internet. If you, I'm on TikTok, kinda kinda i post I don't post there regularly, but you can even find okay. me there if
0: you want. You might have to teach me on TikTok. I don't know how to TikTok. You know, If you're,
2: a young, <laughs> if you're a young if you're a young if you're a youngin', you're a youngin', you can find me there. <laughs> but just um, search Hardwood Herald and you'll find me. You'll find me wherever right, cool. you want to find me.
0: I might I might have to. All right. What about <laughs> you, Ryan? Where can they find you, boy?
1: You can find me at IG as Sergi is chillin'. Sergi is chilling. That's S I R G is C H I L L I N. All right. That's it. That Yo-yo. is our show.
0: Hopefully, nothing happens. <laughs> By the time we end the show, we are there.
3: It's. <laughs>